The next uh, scripture reading, you will find it uh, in your pew Bibles on page 502, and it's Psalms 8. Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avengers. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what are mere morals that you are min mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rules over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet all flocks and herds, all in the, in the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all the swim, the paths of the seas. Lord, or our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. O oh Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your reputation throughout the earth. Upon first reading, this psalm seems like a nice poetic hymn to God, one that has been adapted to songs that children sing. My parents used to listen to Sandy Patty a lot, so I hear the song when I read this. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Yeah. I won't continue, so. <laughs> so it goes on. I never really liked the tune too much, so I wasn't impressed when I read it. But I was told to read the entire psalm, so I did. And I realized there's much more to it than a simple song. Yes, it is an acknowledgement of God's greatness, but it is also an acknowledgement of humanity's weakness. And yet, with this weakness, we are still called to proclaim the wonders of God's majesty in the face of God's very enemies. And while this psalm was written in celebration of the wholeness of God's creation, it also serves as a reminder to recreate this wholeness. Isabella Bomfrey was born into slavery in Ulster County of New York in 1797. Both of her parents were enslaved, as were many of her brothers and sisters. Her mother taught her to look to the sky, to know that there was a God that heard and saw them. It is said that her mother would gather the children together in the evening under the sparkling vault of heaven. She told them, when you are beaten or cruelly treated or fall into any trouble, you must ask of him and he will always hear and help you. Her mother also taught them to be good by not lying, stealing, or disobeying their masters, even as she groaned out as the Psalms do, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord, how long. In this way, a little enslaved girl named Isabella received her religious education, considering the almighty divinity under the same moon and stars that shone on the privileged slave owners across the country. She was passed through the hands of four different owners, suffering through hard work, much harassment, and daily beatings. In 1827, the state of New York was undergoing legislation to emancipate slaves. Her master at the time, John Dumont, promised to free her a year before this date, but he later changed his mind, saying that she was less productive after getting a hand injury. She was furious, and though she continued working for some time, she escaped to freedom later that year. 
Her mother's wisdom influenced her still, as she said that running away felt wicked, but walking away was all right. <laughs> she later found out that Dumont had illegally sold her five-year-old son to an owner in Alabama who was abusing him. She took the issue to court, and after some months of court hearings, became the first black woman in the United States to win against a white man. Being called to the truth by the Spirit, she became a Methodist Christian and dedicated her life to traveling around the country to speak about abolition and women's rights. In June 1843, Isabella Bomfrey changed her name to Sojourner Truth. She continued to give speeches at conventions and association meetings throughout the nation, pushing forward with determination despite aggression and opposition at many turns and despite her being a poor black woman. She also became involved in Millerite Adventism and later joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church in 1846. She worked for the National Freedmen's Relief Association to improve lives for African Americans. She protested segregation by riding on streetcars. She met with Presidents Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant to lobby for reforms. She even tried to vote during a presidential election, though she was turned away. During a time where rich, white, privileged males had nearly absolute power, Sojourner Truth, despite the opposition to her social class, race, and gender, was a strong voice soaring out over a sea of injustice. Psalm 8 is called by some commentators the Song of the Astronomer, a song of joy to be sung in the evening after work has finished while viewing the splendor of the heavens. The song realizes the smallness of oneself, while at the same time wondering about all that the night sky holds. When I look at your heavens, the psalm says, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? That little girl in slavery might have had very different questions than these. From what little she knew of the world, did she think that God cared about people at all? while seeing her family and friends be broken and beaten every day under the power of other people with skin that just happened to be lighter than her own? The psalmist could not have written the song with Sojourner Truth in mind, but did the writer consider the plight of the oppressed and downtrodden? From little Isabella's point of view, the text that follows is not much better. It says, yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet. All things, the text says. Sheep and oxen, the beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the monsters of the deep, the people of Africa, Isabella Bomfrey of the Hardenburg estate, or even Sojourner Truth, free black woman of American soil. Because even when Isabella Bomfrey grew into Sojourner Truth, and the state slowly began to free the slaves, all was not made right. This can be seen by the work of her life, tirelessly championing the rights of the oppressed that continued until her death in 1883 and still continues and must continue today. But perhaps this psalm might be illuminated by the second verse. From the mouths of children and nursing babies, you have ordained praise on account of your adversaries, so that you might put an end to the vindictive enemy, the babes and infants, the weakest of an already weak and broken humanity, regardless of race, gender, or social class, out of the mouths of these small and helpless beings come mighty strength 
that defeats enemies. And these enemies are not simply any old enemies, bullies on a schoolyard, but the enemies of God, the foes of the kingdom of heaven, the evil throughout our earthly world can be challenged and subdued by us, even though we are weak. And so in this creation song, it is both the response to God's mighty work, as well as a call to remake reality into this vision of wholeness. With this idea in mind, the rest of the psalm sounds different. Where there was before reason to dominate others because of some sort of divine title, there is now strength and courage to stand in the face of injustice and evil. Where there was before an excuse to act selfishly on account of the weakness of others, there is now grace and compassion. Where there was once a faraway God that made an autonomous creation, there is now divine participation and care in our lives. And so perhaps this psalm knew of Sojourner Truth after all. There are many like her, Susan B. Anthony, Harriet Tubman, Gandhi, Martin Luther King. The list goes on, though many have been reduced to cliches in the minds of bored schoolchildren. And yet there continue to be people standing in the face of inequality, injustice, and evil today. During one of the presidential debates of 2012, Ann Coulter, a conservative political commentator, author, columnist, and lawyer, known for her outspoken and controversial methods, wrote an inflammatory statement on Twitter. In response to Romney's strategy of not directly attacking Obama verbally, she wrote, and forgive me for this, I highly approve of Romney's decision to be kind and gentle to the retard. Many people from all sides of the political spectrum responded in outrage in response to this politically incorrect statement, whether they were Obama supporters or not. Among the responses was an open letter from John Franklin Stevens, a 30-year-old Special Olympics athlete with Down syndrome. In it, he affirms her intelligence while respectfully questioning her choice to use the R word, an insult. He says, I struggle with the public's perception that an intellectual disability means that I am dumb and shallow. I'm not either of those things. I thought of whether you meant to describe the president who was bullied as a child by people like you. I wondered if you meant to describe him as someone who has to struggle to be thoughtful about everything he says. I wondered if you meant to degrade him as someone who is likely to receive bad health care, live in low-grade housing with very little income, and still manage to see life as a wonderful gift. Later, he said, I realize you just wanted to belittle the president by linking him to people like me. He finished his letter by enjoining society to learn that being compared to people like him should be considered a badge of honor, and also invited Coulter to attend the Special Olympics. She never responded. Perhaps this story does not seem as exciting as that of Sojourner Truths, but these stories continue. While this may be a small example of standing in the face of adversity, there are many more stories like these, stories where people are viewed as weak and helpless and have been silenced, perhaps out of fear. These are the stories of the immigrant family struggling to make a living and a better future for their children. The intellectually disabled boy who is looked over in school, society, and at home. The young trans woman who endures harassment while trying to find acceptance from her community and herself. The sex workers who have been trafficked by strangers but still live less than 10 miles from their childhood homes. The gulls and sea lions choking on refined oil and plastic bags and the impoverished who live in cockroach-infested shacks on the other side of the freeway. 
We are a broken people, and yet through God's mercy and love, we are called to claim God's authority, to cry out against evil, to be a safeguard for those who are weaker still. We are to stand still in wonder and humility under the vast adornments of the heavens, but also move forward in uplifting those around us to grow in community, to re-embody the goodness of creation. It is when we take part in this call as ambassadors of God's greatness that we can truly say, O Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your reputation throughout the earth. Amen. Amen.